what is up everybody and welcome to another episode of the terror table a horror movie podcast that i think it's just us now i think i don't know I, I, it's, we're on it's, an island again <laughs> yeah it's i'm pretty sure sax podcast is dead i don't know i haven't Did, in. why does everyone leave us <laughs> oh man I'm gonna open up a huge can of worms right, <laughs> off, the, right off the gate here um i am one of your hosts here every week my name is mitch and with me as always i have i'm boozy and today we're just we're going back to the toxic terrible twosome we're yeah, we're just gonna gruesome be just twosome. yeah just us two. Oh, i guess gruesome twosome is better than toxic twosome but like when i say toxic twosome i'm meaning like toxie from like toxic avenger Four citizen toxie oh, i was just thinking it was like all the terrible 90s candy we had that's just rotting in our gut Remember oh. when they told you that you couldn't eat bubble gum because it would lay in your stomach forever? That shit and terrified me when I was great, a kid. Yeah, the greatest trick the devil ever to, ever told was <laughs> us not being able to swallow our hubba bubba. Right? Like, I had to throw it all out. I don't know. I would always throw it in someone's hair. Oh, man. That's a terrible day for somebody. Yeah, not for me, though. <laughs> not for the kid. <laughs> But uh, but no, yeah, it's we it's been so long. Like it's been a while. We've been busy. Both of us We've have been, been busy, yeah. do, doing some shit, and uh, we'll talk about that right off the top. But yeah, like Boozy said on our Instagram story, I think it would have been by the time you're hearing this last week. We're yeah. not dead. We're not. No, we're dead. not. Uh, you may wish we were, but not yet, baby. Not yet. We're still here. We're still um, kicking. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, no, we were gonna bring a guest on for this one because like you know we've been pretty consistent with doing that. But it's been a long time since, uh, you know, we, we live in different provinces now, so I don't get to, like, just sit down and shoot the shit with you. Right? We're in different area codes. Yes. We're, we're hosed in different area codes. <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> Precisely. But uh, so that's why today we're, we're just going to cover, we're going to do a laid back, fun ass old school episode of the terror table. We're going to yeah, talk about everything we just we've be seen. chilling. Yeah, we're going to be chilling. We're going to talk about everything we've been seeing. But of course, we're going to cap the whole bitch off with uh, a discussion <laughs> on the new Predator film, Prey, which hit Hulu in the US and Disney Plus in, in Canada, but not in the theatrical setting, which is kind of upsetting. We, yeah, we'll discuss I don't know why that. I just rhymed like uh, <laughs> that, that's like fucking Eminem. He rhymes lots of words with the same word. Can you do the Eminem voice? Like old Wait, Eminem. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> uh, I don't even know which. Oh no, no! Don't even try and get me. Are you trying to get me canceled? No, Remember? just do, yeah, just do the voice. Where he's like, man. <laughs> oh yeah, that. Because he always he always rhymes stupid shit together because remember it rhymes. Remember the relapse years where it would he just did that really stupid horrible fucking Spanish accent the entire time, and it's like, dude, why did we let him? Why did I everyone know. around him let him? Maybe kids will bring. Uh, maybe Stranger Things will bring Eminem back so we can cancel him too. <laughs> oh man that's did you see that i know you don't like me i i legitimately love metallica like i love metallica but they if they were gonna be canceled that should have been 20 fucking years ago i was gonna say like i need to ask you because you're my guy who like keeps me up on this shit and like i haven't seen stranger things i'm aware of which is a which is a shame because you would legitimately love it it's great i'm sure i would but like i don't understand what are we canceling metallica for oh i didn't even read that far into it i just assumed that a bunch of uh, web sleuths is what they call it. Um, right. They're kids. Oh, look how cute that puppy is behind me. I know. I got, I got it's a very puppy. distracting. Yeah. 
Is that in, is it English? Terrier? No, he's a Boston Boston Terrier. Boston Terrier. Yeah, Boston. Oh, uh, shout out to Lana, who's going to be getting married soon. Getting hitched. So, so that's our only connection to Boston. Every time we bring it up, we have to mention exactly that, that or the the boys from Driveways, who we talked to once. Yeah, um, but I forgot most importantly, Boston. most importantly, Lana. Yeah, uh, yeah. Congratulations, Lana, if you're hearing this. By the time this comes out, you will be a married woman, I think. Um, yeah. And congratulations. That's wicked. Do you, do you think that we would do well if we had one of those arranged marriages? Like, what do you think you would be traded for? <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? I'd be the worst. Man, actually, I don't know. I, maybe I could be the 1% that would benefit from an arranged marriage because my track record, not good. I think that would just be hilarious to be like, yo, what did you get traded for? Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, Jesus. Uh what were we talking about just now? Uh driveways, but uh Boston. Shit. I forget. Jesus Christ. We're killing it. Yeah, killing it. Um, yeah, I'm sure I'm gonna have a Eureka moment and I'll shoot back into what we were talking about. Oh, Metallica? Was mm. it Metallica? Uh yeah, no, I think kids just like you know, they they found out Metallica exists because of a show that came out in 2022, had a Metallica song in it. Well, and, I was trying to figure out, like, because Metallica, I don't remember ever having, like, real serious allegations. Like, they're all dinguses in their own way, but yeah, I don't no, ever remember they, people saying gross shit about them. So that's you know, I don't, well, if we're, if we're going to get down to brass tacks here, I personally have been spit on by Lars Ulrich. <laughs> I was in grade eight, so I would have been, like, 12 <laughs> or 13 years old. So I guess that's grounds for cancellation. I went to the Madly in Anger with the World Tour. So that was the same Anger Tour. I'm madly in Anger with you. And they had a rotating stage at uh, Sask Place. And Lars just turned around it, and well, spit on everyone constantly. It, it was just whenever like, Lars was like one of those, uh, one of those like the oscillating fucking um, like sprinklers, you know, the yeah. ones at the corner of your yard. And yeah. it was him just like spitting on everyone. And I was like, fuck yeah. Like, I love you, <laughs> Lars. You're the worst. Um, <laughs> But, you're the worst member of this band but uh yeah I, I have no idea and to be completely honest i do not give a fuck i just think it's funny as shit that it's like really stranger things is going to be the thing that takes metallica out that's pretty fucking dope wait till those kids find out about manson <laughs> oh man yeah wait till these kids hear the beatles <laughs> you for real oh yeah so what have you been up to what what's going on in vancouver mm. in vancouver working hard things have been going well and merv get out of there Merv's merv what are you doing man yeah, you come sne- on snooping around my clothes. We're, we're trying to podcast merv yeah, yeah fucking um no yeah one thing i want to get out of the way right out the gate because something that happened that we haven't been able to talk about and once again feel like an idiot but i should do this because it's a you know i feel stupid promoting myself but it's pretty fucking cool our short film the druid's hand uh, got into Scream Fest in Los Angeles, California. Yeah, that's so fucking cool. You're the, it, you definitely have to be the first Saskatchewan film in uh, Scream Fest. Yeah, I don't, I, to be honest, I don't know. Cause I know like we come from the home, like our, our province, you know, put out, well, technically they filmed it. I, I believe it was funded entirely in Toronto, but, uh, or Ontario was uh, Wolf Cop, like Lowell right. Dean's Wolf Cop um i'm not sure about scream fest i know that we've had short filmmakers in saskatchewan who have made it to festivals in la Mm -hmm. but the thing is like this was the goal like scream fest was the like from the get-go it was like man wouldn't it be cool if like 
we made this stupid little short film, which I, it's not stupid, but like, you know, it's Jesse and I made it. So it's inherently dumb because we did it. Uh, but it's like, how crazy would that be if like we got in a scream fest? And, you know, I hope Jesse wouldn't get upset about this because I think he's talked about it even publicly by now. But he didn't put as much faith in it as I did in terms of like festival submissions and like what what we could really do with it. He was like, because it's not cheap to enter your film into film festivals. Yeah, I was like, man, like, for example, we didn't enter TIFF because I know for a fact that that would just be $80 gone. Like, there's no way we would make it into TIFF. We're just not. It's a genre film and we're first time filmmakers. They just generally don't show interest in that kind of stuff. But um, but with Screamfest, it's like this is the longest running, largest horror film festival in North America. And it takes place at the TCL Chinese Theater, which is like the place that premiered Star Wars. And like, it's fucking insane. Like all you got it. It's one of the most iconic cinemas in the world. And uh, it's just crazy to think about it. That being said, I want to say that we're not we're not playing in the IMAX theater, which is like when you Google like the Chinese sex theater, you'll see like this giant screen this, and like the building is still beautiful. Like the theater we'll be playing in is it's amazing. It's nothing to scoff at, but it's not the IMAX screen. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't imagine we'd be playing in that room. But uh, but no, it's 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 crazy, man. I'm I'm so over the moon since that happened. You know, there was about a two week period where I felt like someone was fucking with me. Like I was like, this can't it can't be real uh, because, you know, just a short two years ago, I was wanting to jump off a bridge. And uh, it's really nice seeing the like hard work pay off. And more than anything, I'm just so fucking proud to have been the one who was able to like Jesse and I were able to assemble a small crew from Saskatchewan. 90 percent of those people who worked on the film had never been on an actual film set before and we got our we got our little 14 minute film into into scream fest like that's it's insane so it's like as much as i look at the film now after of seeing it four thousand times i like you tired of it already (laughs) i low-key hate it because all i see is things that i wish i would have done better right um but it's it's a nice type of validation to know can't be that big of a piece of shit if uh we got in a scream fest like i can understand why a lot of people wouldn't like it and i knew that like what jesse and i knew that the moment we can like conceived of the script is that it's a depressing depraved angry little movie and that's not for everyone i also think that you're totally fair in thinking that it may not be incredibly well made like that's fine we made it for nothing um but you know i'm a guy who has been talking sharing my opinions about people's films on a podcast for five years so it's like nerve-wracking to think that someone could be as like acidic as i have been towards some people's (laughs) films but you know it really does it's it's a it's It's, a growth called irony (laughs) it's it's irony but it's also a growth it's a huge growth phase for me because you know i was a plumber before this so like i didn't Mm. I, I, I didn't think that my words held any actual weight. Um, but after doing it, even the one time, you can just see how fucking hard it is and how impossible it is to make something even bad. I'm not saying that ours is bad because I don't believe that at all, but it's really fucking hard to make a bad movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so that does change my perception of like how I look at films moving forward. Luckily, I've been on a roll of just watching bangers. So we'll be talking about that today. Uh, but yeah, basically, I want to wrap that up with that. That's fucking so cool for me. I'm so excited. I'm going to be flying out to L.A. Tara's going to meet me there. 
my sister Tara, who was the first AD. You have plans to go see shit? Oh yeah, I may. I love. Are you going? Are you going to see some sets? Are you going to go see anything amazing? We're gonna go to gonna go to a couple shops for sure. There's a there's a place called Slashback Video, which is uh, the one of the producers of like the new Blumhouse Halloween series that you love. He he puts it on every year, and it's like a VHS horror centric video store that's just like a throwback thing um so i'm really excited to like all of these podcasts yeah, i've listened to awesome. from year for years have been based out of la mm-hmm. so i hear them talk about all these locations and i haven't been to la since i was nine years old when my parents decided that they didn't love each other and had it got a divorce <laughs> so this will be the it first sounds time. like the start of the fresh prince in a weird way <laughs> yeah it's basically <laughs> your parents close. got divorced and it's like i'm bitching i'm in la now yeah <laughs> i'm la now yeah no uh so I'm really excited about that, but I, I was lucky enough to make friends with a couple filmmakers through like we played the Portland Horror Film Festival and our uh, my friends, Scott and Sarah Nar, they they made an incredible little short film uh, called Will- Willow and Lydia. And we kind of clicked the night that we met each other and we've been in contact since and they live out in L.A. So I'm going to go uh, and they're huge horror fans. So they're going to show me like we're going to go to Not Scary Farm. Uh, which is like a runoff of Knott's Berry Farm, do like some, because it's in ha- October. We're going to go to all the Halloween houses, go to Universal Studios for ho- Halloween Horror Nights. I've heard that the LA chapters aren't as good as the ones we saw in Florida, but yeah. I'm still so excited. Like, are you kidding? Like, that's, I, I couldn't be more thrilled for it. Um, but basically, I'm I'm hoping to go there to, to you know, meet some people and shake some hands and like meet other Rub people. some over. shoulders, kiss some yeah. babies yeah kiss some dicks and um <laughs> get movies made baby <laughs> i just yeah i want to try and try and get a, a feature length film off the ground which i've been busting my ass on for a couple months now uh which a lot of the films i'm talking about today will relate to the feature length film the druid's hand uh been you know dipping into all the things that might inspire me and such uh so yeah we'll talk about that but boozy what about you man you've been I think we, you, I, I don't know if you're comfortable sharing this, but I do uh, want to. Not overly. I, I just, I'm not ready to talk about it yet. Okay. I guess all I'll say is um, things have changed quite a bit for me. And you're making I, some moves. Yeah. And I'm in nightcrawler mode. That's all yeah. I'll say. Okay, cool. <laughs> Either way, you're doing something creative. You're doing something that you're meant to be doing. And uh, it's really cool that you were, you're able to do that. And I'm sure you know, maybe down the road when you're comfortable with it or when uh, things change, we'll talk about it a little bit more on the show. But for now, I'm super fucking proud of you. Yeah, I, I, I just kind of wanted to wait till we were wrapped to, to talk fair. about it. Totally so. fair. Totally yeah. fair. Um, first of all, Boozy, before we get fully started, it's great to see you. Great to it's be back to at the you. table. Um, let's talk. You about look fantastic. Your, Thanks, your room you looks too. amazing. Thanks, buddy. You, you're, you're. Uh, I, I don't know if you'll take this as a positive or a negative, but you're rocking some like, um, like Dave Grohl level aesthetic. Well, he's one of the most handsome men, Guy, men on earth. You're the second person who told me I look like Dave Grohl now that I grew up my hair, and it's yeah, very you look great. Like the well, the, the awkward stage, hey. Like I was trying oh. to do that for a bit, and I'm like, I can't. Fight. So I went and got a went and got a trim today, and I'm not talking about my penis. <laughs> that was trimmed when I was 14. If you can make it to the awkward stage, you can do anything, but it is a hard road, I tell you. Yeah. It was like an awkward stage where I just look like Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> That's okay. I know people who still look like Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> um, but all right. Uh, yeah, fuck Ellen also. Yeah, fuck Ellen. Canceled. 
out of here. You want to talk about some, let's talk about some horror movies and then we'll, we'll talk about Prey at the end, which I know, I, I just, I know you well enough and I feel like you know me well enough to know that we're going to have a lot of fun. Well, we're, we're going to have a lot about, of fun, yeah. Yeah, this is going to be a great episode, but uh, I, I've seen so much shit since the last time we talked, but I want to hear about something that you've seen. I put mine, yeah, no, let's go with you. Let's, let's start off. What have you seen? What do you want to chat about? I have a bunch of kind of random stuff. And the first one I want to talk about is a movie that you're probably maybe a little bit more familiar with than I am, but it's also from a director that you really, really like, who seemed to have a very strange career as his career winded down. Uh, so I watched 2000 Steven Spielberg. <laughs> no, even weirder. We even weirder. I watched uh, Crocodile from 2000, directed by Toby Hooper. Oh damn! Yeah, dude, I saw this. I rented this from BHQ. See, I knew BHQ. you. I knew you would have seen this. Yeah, of course, you watched this in 2022. Of course, you did. Someone, someone has to be doing that work. <laughs> Okay, it has croc- to be me. Crocodile. Toby Toby Hooper's Crocodile, the, the legendary director behind Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Poltergeist, Life Force, fuck the fun house. Crocodile. And crocodile. Um, I don't know what his deal was if he was going through some shit like when this came out or yeah, and making yes. it. But it is just a slog to get through. And they basically just took like a, a buoy and turned it into a crocodile. So just floats around everywhere hey, baby, that's filmmaking that's filmmaking oh. magic you know when i when i see the tobster is on something like they should have just went with a little bit different practical effects like man uh, yeah. like you know alligator came out before this had that's great stuff phenomenal film yeah phenomenal keep, keep keep in mind that like this era in particular that we're talking about like the early 2000s was just a breeding ground for horrible versions of things that we love like crocodile and i what even i think you you came around that you you had you had a bit of a 360 on uh or sorry a 180 whoa on um red water which is a movie i liked a yes. lot as a kid yeah. as well but looking back on it now it's like that was just a rough time to be pulling off nature run amok films i yeah it's it was like this weird time where they had to have uh cgi it's like you had to do it but it it looked like it, everything looks like ps1 graphics in this yeah. when they do do use that stuff it was like look we could do it this way so we should and it wasn't it wasn't ready for it yet exactly because if we're, think... we're going to be talking about prey today which i know a lot of people are shitting on the cgi but for like heads up to all those motherfuckers i'm coming for you at the end <laughs> of this episode because like fuck have we come a long way like CGI right? can look amazing right now. Look at crawl. That's that's hundred percent true. And I mean, th- maybe this is the incubation period for for crawl's effects right here. But pardon uh, me, Weller. <laughs> it is. I don't understand how Toby Hooper made this film because the characters are so poorly done. It, this is like a made-for-TV movie, and it just yeah, seems like it, it is probably just a paycheck. It absolutely was. Like, man, it, that, I was it, hoping for something fun in this, and it really was not fun or yeah. exciting. I don't, I, I don't, I don't want to shit on Toby Hooper, but it's like no, it's wild that the guy that made Texas Chainsaw made this. But that's the thing is, it's like you know, at a certain point, like this, this is his livelihood. Like that's how he makes money, and that's something that, like, even when we started this podcast, I never, I never considered that. I was like, oh, some of these movies are actually just jobs. 
Yeah. Um, but he's the type of guy who could make a movie that's just a pay, just a, a gun for hire job and turn it into something special. But like, I don't know how inspired a like guy in his 60s can be over a movie called Crocodile, where they're giving <laughs> you a million dollars to to make a fucking movie and be like, hey, but now make Jaws. It's like, yeah, it doesn't work that way. I, I haven't seen that movie since v, like VHS, but I, I remember the cover art vividly. See, and that's what hooked me because it looked a lot like Blood Surf's cover art. Yeah, it's just, isn't it just a, a babe running on the docks? A dock and there's like a larger <laughs> than life crocodile. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's Hell the yeah. kind of shit that, that gets me going. Hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah, brother. What about you? Uh, okay, well, I'm choosing, I'm going to, I've watched a ton of shit. And before we start recording, I decide that I'm going to put all of it in chronological order. I'm just going to talk about things from newest to oldest because I've seen okay many decades worth of stuff over the last couple of weeks um heads up this episode's going to be very front heavy um it's we're going to talk a lot about the stuff we've seen since we podcasted last three weeks ago yeah it might even be older than that by now but uh no i watched on shutter i'm going to start off with this is guar a documentary that they added to shutter about the band guar uh are you a guar fan boozy or have you ever been a guar fan you know uh it's hard to explain because like i i think guar's great but i don't like their music but i've been to their shows because the, yeah we're on the, the it's like an yeah it's an yeah, event you page. don't you don't go to guar to hear them play music no even though to... they used they they did and they touch on that in the in the documentary is like they started out as like a fucking horrible band and yeah. then they eventually found some musicians to join the band and like it they got better but Guar was never my like, I don't listen to Guar because it's like good music. I listen to Guar because I want to go to their shows and be covered in blood and like, and it's them. great. There, it's yeah. like a, watch it's a whole experience. Fake people's butts, like priests. They put a crucifix up a priest's butt on stage and the, they got arrested for doing so. And like, that's the type of shit. That's the type of stories that you'll find. in this is Guar. Um, I thought it was awesome, man. Like this documentary, it's just a little under two hours. And if like, you know, seems like a lazy thing to say, but like, I feel like they probably could have trimmed 20 minutes out of it, made a tight hour and a half. But like, that's just such a minor critique because the story of this band is so interesting. And I think even if you're not, especially if you're not a fan of the band or you don't know anything about them, but you're a fan of creativity and like a collective cultural a collective creative experience. This is kind of like Alien Alien on Stage, which we showed at the festival a couple of years ago, where it's like, this is the type of thing that's just going to inspire you to be like, if you have these ideas, why not chase them? Why not try them out? You never know if something's going to land. And like with Guar, it landed for a little while. Um, and they're just such crazy characters. And I really, really enjoyed the documentary. I was kind of surprised by how well put together it is. And just because it, it's like, you know, it would be so easy to make a shitty documentary about Guar. This is not a shitty documentary. It's very well put together. Uh, lots of really good footage from like the glory days. It obviously turns into something pretty sad if you know anything about the band and where they ended up. That they, They're currently still going, but uh, it's not the, the same. No, the whole tra trajectory of that band changed, uh, you know, I would say over the last 10 years drastically and yeah it's not the same but and i mean just, with the passing of their front man that that's that's what i'm talking about though yeah. like the death of dave brocky which is something that uh 
you know, it, it does, it gets fucking emotional. Uh, mm. And especially, you know, there's something about being older now and wanting to be creative and know that you're not a spring chicken and know, know that you're like, you're, you're not 18 anymore. You can't just make mistakes and it'd be okay a couple of years later. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that I really love about the, the story of Guar is that they were just persistent and like, they had this vision, they had this idea and they put it together and they were all just degenerates and they made something really special out of it. And uh, I, I really loved it. So I, I definitely, it's, it's a little bit of an emotional documentary for a little bit, but for the most part, it is just entertaining and wild and being like, how the fuck has one band experienced all of these things in their career? Like it's, it's mind blowing. Like some of the, some of the stories that they have, I'm like, that that's gotta be one of the craziest tour stories of all time like shit that they got themselves into because if you think about it they're like touring the country in a van with all their prosthetics and all their huge like suits that stink like shit because you could imagine like these guys don't wash their fucking <laughs> their chain mill there has to be some sort of parasite or oh, fungus growing in those suits yeah, that, yeah that like they haven't discovered at all yeah totally i don't know i i loved it i really really enjoyed it so it's on it's on shutter that alone is worth the subscription a lot of the stuff i'm going to talk about today is on shutter i feel like shutter is better than ever right now so if that if you're someone who hasn't had it in a while or um, you know, even, even I was like a couple of years ago, like I was like, yeah, it's only six bucks a month. But once you kind of watch the 15 movies that you want to see on it, what's the point mm-hmm. of having it? They, they're they're really kicking it up a notch with their their output. And there's some really fun original stuff on there. Uh, they're putting on some really outlandish, crazy old films that, you know, a lot of people haven't heard of a couple of which I'll talk about today. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely the time if you haven't had a shutter su- subscription in a while. Now's the time. There's some good shit on there. And this is Guar is one of them. Yeah, they're back in the trap. They're on their A game. Absolutely. Um, what else have you been up to? What, what have you seen? I have the strangest group of things that I've watched, of course. Hit so, a couple off if, if you want. Yeah, of course. Uh, I checked out from 1976 uh, a Creature Gone Amok film that uh, I'm sure was inspired to be made because of the success of Jaws. Uh, Canada's answer to Jaws, Grizzly. <laughs> oh, damn. You've seen this before, though, right? No, this is my first time oh, seeing Grizzly. damn. Damn. Yeah. Okay, I, I feel like also um, a little bit of profit. The fact that we had covered Prophecy a little while ago, is like, I want to watch some more bear stuff. That is low-key very fucked up that we have not done a Grizzly episode yet. But I it don't really know. Is. I'm, I'm about to hear if he actually liked it or not. But like, no, I, I thought this was fantastic. Yeah, I, the story is really no tight. And they actually do some really cool stuff with like how the bear actually reacts to stuff and how it acts seems genuinely. And I mean, they do use an actual bear for some of the scenes, but even the stuff where they don't, and it's just like a fur suit that's like shown really close up and the paws and everything, it still looks great. You have to give this movie credit for doing something that not a lot of films do, which is have a bear maul a child. So, I mean, you know, that's a that's a big plus. You got to have the stones to do that. That's something we stand here at the yeah. table. We like watching kids get fucking annihilated. I Well, I think it really ups ups uh, horror when when it's equal opportunity. Exactly. Because then you're like, oh, this is like a serious deal. Yeah. You know? We um, know, when you know no one is safe, that is when the terror table is going to do one of the 
what's that? Um, I know what's that, said, brother? I know, yeah, I'm doing the Macho Man Randy Savage fucking, what's that? <laughs> Sorry, continue. So, um, yeah, this movie is actually on, I believe it's on Tubi right now, because I've been heavily in Tubi. And yeah, I just, for my first time watching a film from a long, long time ago, really enjoyed it. I would recommend. Man, that's, I'm very stoked to hear that. I'm surprised you haven't seen Grizzly yet, though. That's such a boozy movie. So that's great, though. Isn't it nice being able to keep those ones in your back pocket? Oh, that's, I think, probably one of my favorite things is just going back through and seeing things that uh, I've never seen. And I like finding, uh, like, even pages that'll just show clips from older films. And it's like, hey, this looks like something I'd check out. Or that's like a cool prosthetic. So, you know. I I have a couple of those today that I'll talk about. But since I've committed to going through in chronological order, um, yeah, I'll I'll hit off a a brand new one. One that's stirring up a lot of, or it stirred up a lot of conversation. I'm surprised not more conversation. Um, you're, You're all done. I can go on to mine. Oh yeah, I have a couple more, but I can. Oh, I got a lot. Well, well, well let's ping pong back and forth. Okay, there we go. Okay, uh, next one I'm going to talk about is Jordan Peele's Nope. Nope. Yeah. From 2022, brand new film, highly um, anticipated. Yeah, Peele is three for three in my books. Like he's, I, I really, really spoiler. I really love this movie. Um, but this is. In, in my opinion, this is like the least of the, the least on the nose. And I'm saying that with heavy air quotes of his films, which is not a diss to the films that he's made before. It's just that this one, it's like it's not without the social or racial commentary, but it's more so about like heavy air quotes, the spectacle, which is something that he talks about a lot in his interviews. And uh, you hear a lot about when people are talking about Nope is that the spectacle of it all is the focal point. Um, which is making a lot of dummies out there entirely miss the fucking point. So it's one of those movies where um, I'm not I'm not saying if you don't like this movie, you're a dummy. But there's a lot of people who just clearly do not seem to be understanding the movie. And that's kind of a shame and it's sad. But it's also kind of the point of what this movie is. Uh, so, yeah, like the, the movie, it's man, I went and saw it with our, our homies, Jason and Lauren, previous guests of the show. Shout out Jason and Lauren. Yeah, this film is Spielberg as fuck. Like there are a lot of moments that feel really close encounters of the third kind. There are some moments that feel straight out of Jaws, which is, you know, obviously uh, oh, that's a high very praise. clutch word for me is Jaws. <laughs> um, and it has obvious comparisons to M. Night's best movie, Signs, which I know is an another unpopular. huge hitter for you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that man, the, the, this whole movie, like the pure filmmaking behind this thing is so astounding and the film itself is so heavily influenced by the filmmaking art form itself so if you're someone who's interested in the craft of movies and how they're made and like what goes into them and how people perceive them nope is going to be it's going to hit for you and it's 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 so that shit is all so not surface level though like it, it seems surface level because like there are moments where like the, the movie set around like Kiki Palmer and Daniel Kaluuya, they're the they're horse wranglers who like share they rent out their horses for film shoots and stuff like that in LA. And uh like there's so that's like the general like that's that's just who our characters are that we're gonna follow for a little bit. But the movie is not about the film industry at all. But at the same time it's just constantly like splicing in these little interesting things that have happened 
in the history of cinema and making movies and how it's affected the world outside of movies. Um, I don't know if I'm making any sense. I'm trying not to. No, spoil it's, it. it's like the it's like how you and I can't go in open water because we're terrified that Jaws is going to eat us. Yeah, yeah, essentially. And like people can't they, they don't separate real life from movies in a lot of ways. Right. And they don't realize how many people like for like even when we when we shot the Druid's hand, uh, the Kickstarter pitch, mm-hmm. I like went home that night, went and had dinner with my family. And my dad was like, so can we see the movie now? I was like, dad, <laughs> that's not yeah. how that works. Yeah, we, we, we haven't even fucking started the thing. And just so you know, our video trying to get people to help us make it took like 13. Like it, it, it takes people to do that kind of stuff. And there's so many like, you know, lesser crew, like not lesser, but lesser known and recognized crew members. There's I, I don't want to spoil it because if anyone hasn't seen it, it's just it's pretty funny. There's a shirt that Daniel Kaluuya wears throughout the movie. That was a really funny choice as he was like a crew member on a very famous movie. And uh, yeah, no, I don't know, man. As of right now, I'd still say Get Out is my favorite. Us is number two. Um, but I could see this one jumping up over the years with subsequent rewatches. Like Kiki Palmer is phenomenal in this movie. Daniel Kaluuya is understated and perfect. Um, I fuck it, man. Honestly, the more the more I talk about it, the more I realize I might like it more than us. Like it's just it's so it's so fucking good. Uh, I really really enjoyed Nope. I think it's one of those ones though, and those are my favorite kinds of movies that like every time I watch it, I'm gonna find something. I'm going to find a little layer, like an ogre's layer. And I'm going to like an peel... ogre's foreskin. There's exactly. like, I'll peel it back. And uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, it's, I, I need to see this again pronto. I, I, I want to watch it again. And, but like I said, what I was saying before about like the filmmaking, like I've been watching like YouTube videos on, I walked out of that theater being like, how the fuck did they do that? Like, how, how did that, mm-hmm. how did they pull that off? And like, that's so exciting for someone in my position is to watch you know our generation's alfred hitchcock honestly it sounds ridiculous to say that but like really peel has proven over anyone to be the one who's really pushing boundaries and like you know trying different things even though a lot of his films like you even you watch get out you watch us and nope and it's like he's just for lack of better words recycling stuff that spielberg did that hitchcock did that De Palma did, but you know, everything that De Palma did was because of what Hitchcock did. And I know I'm getting really nerdy here, but it's just, it's really interesting and fun for me to watch people evolve, evolve like this art form. And uh, it's, it, to me, it's, it's such an exciting time to be a, to be a film fan. I love, no, loved it. That was a long winded way of saying this movie slaps. So and- is it, is it scary? Is there some spookies in there? I'm sure some people will be scared. We had audible gasps in our right. theater. So it's more was... like an experience than like a, a horror film. Well, it's like I I I don't want anyone going in expecting like uh, aliens, like you know. Yeah. And I I know that that seems, but at the same time, I've se- I've seen reviews recently of people being like, so a lot of people don't seem to know that this is like an alien film, and it's like that it's like that's their own fucking fault for not being able to look at the poster and be like, this is clearly about something to do with aliens. I'm saying don't go in expecting a balls out creature, monster alien film, but something really epic, 
really really if you like spielberg's films like Mm -hmm. close encounters and jaws i don't know how you could watch this movie and not appreciate the hell out of it i think this might be your favorite out of all the out of all appeal stuff just knowing your sensibilities and what Mm -hmm. you're interested in um it also it it looks great honestly like i'm excited to see it the debatably scariest part of the film is something that i'm not and i'm not telling you about any of this i'm not telling you what it entails but i know that was like ooh, that's a boozy that's like one of boozy's fears and it's a pretty heavy moment in the film so i want you to see it and i'm excited to hear what you think about it. i love it. that you i'm trying to think of like i have a lot of fears yeah no <laughs> th- th- this is one that i know like you and i have almost argued about this fear because i'm like but boozy there's so many things that you would love because of this fear like i'm scared of bears but i watch every bear movie um i'll shut up i, I don't want to spoil <laughs> well, no anything. we talked we talked about this before we watch these things so we know how to defend ourselves and when it comes but to sometimes bears, there's no way to it. defend yourself like no. bears. yeah absolutely okay yeah so that that's nope i really loved it if you still have the chance while this is uh while you're listening to this podcast and it's in in uh theaters i highly recommend seeing it on a big screen because there are moments in this movie that i was like just just in awe just that translate awesome. perfectly to the big screen yeah, it, yeah. it's you know i can watch certain movies like a couple a couple on my list like this is guar totally fine to watch at home mm-hmm. uh, i have a couple others totally fine to watch on your if you have a 60 inch screen at home that's still pretty excessive and i'm one of those people who does but it's like there's something about nope and needing to see it on like a, the biggest screen you can it, mm-hmm. it's great boozy what else have you watched <sighs> So I, I feel like a lot of the, my list that I'm going to be sharing with you today of things I've watched are all just from my watch list that I've built up over time on um, Letterboxd. So they're not going to be like real huge hitters. So I'm just okay. kind of like, <laughs> I'm kind of just forewarning you. So you're not, like, you're not talking about Steven Spielberg Schindler's list today? 100% not. Okay. So I checked out Citizen Kane? No. No. So from 1981, this this film is kind of, yep, it's kind of piggybacking off of the slasher craze that was happening at the time. So this is 1981's Madman. Wait, Madman or I Madman? Madman. It's on Tubi. Yes, uh, 100% this is on Tubi. So this is basically a retelling of Friday the 13th, but with a giant a uh, hillbilly zombie named Madman Mars. Mm-hmm. And if you fuck around in his house, he'll come and kill you with an axe that is kind of like, what's that sword that was stuck in the fucking thing that's in the rock? Excalibur? Is that what it is? Yeah, it's like Excalibur. Excalibur. They spend this whole movie trying to get this axe out and he just comes and pulls it out and goes, uh, anyway, uh, this is a very mid slasher in all aspects. <laughs> And I think a lot of people really enjoy this just because of the campiness of it. And I, I wasn't all aboard on it and the, the kills are kind of whatever. So that's basically all I thought of it. I think the, the artwork's cool. I think that it has a serviceable idea, but really it is just in that vein of if I was to compare something that is just a straight up ripoff when people are talking about those slasher things of like all those ones that came after Halloween and Friday the 13th, this would be like a prime example of that. Yeah. And it's just, just it's the, the screaming babes running around with their boobs out and the, the guys being dinguses and, and, you know, rowdy dinguses and shit and getting slaughtered. It's all there. So if you're into that classic slasher stuff, it's just 
I don't know if if there was just like one or two things because I can usually credit a movie if they have one or two things I can kind of latch on to is like oh that was kind of cool idea or like that was a fun scene I didn't feel like there was a ton of this here I don't want to shit on it too much because it's serviceable but yeah that's you know it is what it is yeah I know there I know there's a lot of fans out there for Madman but I was gonna say you should watch I Madman which is directed uh, by the Tibor Takis, who directed The Gate. Oh, homie of the show. Jason Hamill, yeah. Or, uh, he invited me for dinner with him the other night, and I was like, well, the truth is I was too broke to go. Um, but also, I'd be scared to be in there. I was like, that that man, I've watched, this, I've watched special features with that man since I was fucking 16 years old. I'm just, you got to be in the right headspace to meet someone like that, you know? You, you know, you could have done showed up with your own food in your pockets and just and just be like, hey, guy, I'll, you want I'm some hang- nuggets. Yeah, I'm you here to hang nuggies? out. I got some tra- some trail mix in my pocket. I ate all the Smarties already, so you can have the other stuff. Um, OK, uh, let's see where I'm going to take us next. Are, are you down for like a slightly longer episode today? Like, let's have yeah, fun. Yeah, okay, of course. Cool. Um, all right. Next one I'm going to talk about was a film that kicked off the Dark Bridges Horror Film Festival, which I wasn't able to see because I was flying. And I think you saw this movie, but I'm not entirely sure. And hopefully, nope, it won't be the last time I bring up Madrid's hand today. Um, but uh, what Josiah saw from 2022. Yeah, I, this? yeah I said, check it out. You weren't a fan? Eh, it was okay. Man, this movie fucking rocked me like it blew me like i loved it i thought it was just this was a really complex story and i'm i'm honored i'm actually honored that people have you know made a comparison to the druid's hand which is like this is we we were a part of the same festival so it's like we're the same festival season so clearly i wasn't ripping off the director of what josiah socks i didn't know his movie existed um but to to be compared to that there there are there's a lot of like the aesthetic the themes and the character motivations they're very very similar to what jesse and i were trying to do um but like you know alongside a hundred other things and you want to hit us with a synopsis mitch uh those at home yeah i I watched it a little while ago so i'm going to hit you with the imdb synopsis because that's serviceable you know i I, that little imdb site yeah boys on the wine tonight but uh Uh A family buried with secrets reunite at a farmhouse after two decades to pay for their past sins. I'm trying to I'm trying to remember how it went after. Like, I remember like three quarters of it, but I can't remember the ending. Man, yeah, you so, know, it, was, it was pretty good. This one's starring Robert Patrick from Terminator 2. The T-1000. Yes. Nick, Nick Stahl, who I think is so fucking underrated. I'm so happy that he's back seems to be really like picking up some steam again and doing some really interesting stuff. He was in Hunter Hunter from a couple of years ago, which was amazing. Very cool movie. He was uh, he was John Connor in Terminator 3, debatably the worst Terminator movie out of all of them. So there's a little Terminator. Wait, Rise of the Machines? Yes, he was in Rise of the Machines. Scott Hayes, Kelly Garner, um, Jake Weber from 28 Weeks Later, that piece, or no, sorry, he's from Dawn of the Dead. The Scott or Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead remake. I was waiting for you to call him a piece of shit, then you stopped. No, because uh who I was talking about you know the opening to 28. I got it mixed up with the guy who's in 28 weeks later. Remember the opening? Yeah, you're talking about the the shitty dad. If there's ever a time someone deserves to be called a piece of shit, it's that guy. (laughs) Because he is such a piece of shit in that movie, which great movie as well. 
um, good movie. It's a good movie. But uh, yeah, like this movie, just like it weaves threads of familial drama, weaved through, and it's like weaved through three separate acts that meet together at a grim and chilling finale. Uh, it's, I mean, it's a psychological horror story with supernatural elements sprinkled throughout. It's amazing to see Nick Stahl back. Like I had said, he's crushing it. Um, he was one of my favorites growing up. Shout out Bully, the film Bully. If anyone has seen that, that's a, uh, it was on TV. And the video game Bully. <laughs> Not the video <laughs> game Bully. But no, this movie, it's, it's one of those ones where it kind of, it's split into three separate acts uh, that follow like different children from this bloodline. And they all meet together at the end for a really fucking wild finale. And I remember John Allison and Jeff Drake, the festival director and assistant festival director of Saskatoon Fantastic and, and Dark friends Bridges, of the show. and friends of the show, um, and both I think uncircumcised daddies. They, <laughs> they both, they both apparently like when they walked out of this film at Fantasia, they both apparently text each other. We're like, wow, like wow, we need to play this. Wow. And so that's why I was like, you motherfuckers, why are you playing it? The one showing that I absolutely cannot see it at. And since they had already locked it and we didn't have screeners or anything, it was just it's a whole thing. But either way, I'm happy. Regardless, I was able to see it. It's a new addition to Shutter right now. It is a fucking clinic in low budget filmmaking. Also, you know, with that being said, they have some real talent in this thing, like Nick Stahl or Robert Patrick. Mm -hmm. It's nothing to scoff at. Those are incredible actors it's this thing is it's wild uh it's it's one of those ones that by the end of it i wanted to text you i actually think i did text john or i commented on his facebook status i was like you know to quote you wow <laughs> the ending really fucking did did it for me um so i think yeah if you if that sounds like kind of your thing you know the southern gothic feel uh you know religious theological horror with it really a lot with shitty like, uh, rednecks and like, and it deals with mental illness as well absolutely man it is it, it's so many different films wrapped up into one but i was like it's one of those things where it's just it's a movie made for me like a, i if you like the kinds of movies that i like if you like that dark depressing really depraved gross and gritty grimy horror movies that with that that southern gothic feeling what Josiah saw is great. It's 100% going to be on my top 10. I, I fucking loved it. I thought this movie is that was on so Shudder? Yeah, it just, it just went on yeah. Shudder. That's what another, like, now I think I have, I have two other ones I'm talking about today that are on Shudder. Um, so I've been giving that Shudder, I've been giving it a workout, that little subscription. You've been flexing on it. I've been flexing on that subscription. Um, but yeah, Boozy, hit me with something else you've seen. And here I am also flexing with my subscription to Tubi. Tubi. <laughs> I checked out 1991's The Unborn. Oh, boy. <laughs> Holy you, shit. Have you seen this? Yeah, that. Okay, so that movie, that one fucks me up in a whole different way than you think. Sorry, I, I just need to jump in here and yes, say, please. I, one of the most disturbing books I've ever read in my life is called A Stolen Life. And it's it's basically like, do you know the movie Room? Like, uh, and I can't remember what that piece of shit was that like kidnapped oh, a that woman. Kid, that like kept them in his house forever. Yeah, 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 yeah. And had like kids with her. And oh man, it's so fucked up. But like in that's it's just glued into my memory now was like the girl in a stolen life it was a real human being um while she was in that person's house he like had the movie 
the unborn from 1991 playing on repeat and it's like that's so terrifying what such a, i've such never heard of that she just well uh, that's what her trauma remembers like she remembers like she remembers being scared of him opening the door and that being the only thing that was on tv mm-hmm. and it's like that really fucked me up and then also i saw the remake that i think came out like 2009 or 2010 and it's so bad <laughs> i was considered like do i watch it, it boozy don't ever take my recommendations or me my warnings at face value because if we if there's one thing five years of the terror table has proven there's gonna be some shit that i hate that you love true true uh but what a strange movie the unborn the remake remake. is like it's very much in the like uh the shutter like shutter and the eye all those like j-horror remakes even though you know it's not a j-horror remake yeah you know what i mean spooky ghost kids in mirrors (laughs) Brushing your teeth and then closing the mirror to see someone behind you, that's the unborn. Oh, well, that's nothing like this one. Let's hear about it. It's been, I haven't seen that movie and I think I saw it when I was really young. I remember images from it. Okay, so it's this writer and her husband and they keep having, they're trying to have a, a baby because they want to start a family. A and baby! They want to have a baby and she keeps having, um, uh miscarriages i think they like they're like oh she's had like four or something they just like they keep running the number up in the film um the whole point of it is that there's this fertility clinic that you can go to and this this like super amazing doctor will impregnate you they go to this fertility clinic because they've been recommended to this amazing fertility doctor who gets the egg and and he impregnates uh artificially impregnates the female and then she has um what she has a bunch of mental illness and they actually uh, which okay i just on a side note they do a really interesting job for a movie of this ilk and the year they do an interesting job of dealing with mental health issues and like i believe the the woman's schizophrenic and she has to take medication and they talk a lot about how like whether she can tell like reality from her mind and kind of like how becoming pregnant also changes a lot of chemicals in your brain and your body. Do you so want me I, to Tracy Morgan? Everybody get pregnant. Are you freaking pregnant? But I, so they, they do a really interesting job of that. And I actually think that Brooke Adams is a fantastic actress. She did a really good job in this. Okay. So she also starts having weird complications from her pregnancy. And her best friend who also got pregnant from this doctor uh, is like warning her that that she's starting to get a rash and things are going weird. Anyway, it turns out that this doctor is trying to start a new world order of genetically superior people. So they're, he's impregnating all these women to raise this army up. So it's like Deep Blue Sea meets Rosemary's Baby. 100%. Um, this baby... is actually it gets do i just give away the plot of this movie do you think anyone would watch it okay because it's fucking wild um this lady finds out that this is all happening because she goes to the hospital so she runs back and gets an abortion um and then she goes home and her husband is like freaking out and and he he apparently was in on it the whole time like he knew that they were like gonna be super smart babies or something but the weird part is is she wakes up the next night after and hears a baby crying and it like calls to her. So she drives all the way to this area. And sure enough, 
the fetus is there still alive and it can like talk and shit it and then it kills somebody within like five minutes of oh, being no. on screen it is like harry potter and the deathly hollows part two my favorite part of that film is when they do all that well the, um, the, the, the get, uh, sorry no uh dumbledore and harry find like voldemort's like little baby fetus underneath. oh i forgot about him yeah that's what i and, picture the little baby voldemort that's fetus actually kind of what it is the head is like enormous um how do you and feel then, about fetus horror it's kind of terrifying because it, it, it's such a baser thing like whether you like kids or not in like a scope of things it's weird to like look at uh, like a smaller version of yourself and be like uh you should check out you should check out the 2021 masterpiece malignant fuck <laughs> i did not have a good time with that and i will never yeah. go back to it you will um you will. I, oh i will um and basically the the last 20 minutes of the unborn is the clone scene from alien resurrection where uh, Ripley, yeah Kill that's me. that's the entire last 20 minutes but with a bunch of other babies you have officially sold me on this movie <laughs> like i think you should watch it there's some cool prosthetics and uh, the only there are times where i question my like my ethics with this podcast on being like no go ahead spoil it like fuck it right but then but i'm not gonna lie to you if you wouldn't have shared any of that i would have zero interest in ever watching this and now i'm like kind of need to bump this to the top of the list i honestly you know what if that's what it takes because i'm watching i'm always scrounging through all these movies that no one cares about anymore and if i can sell <laughs> one person on watching it and they have even a little bit of fun perfect it's what the tear table is all about baby right yeah that's why we're here <laughs> All right, that sounds awesome, man. Actually, like so, but it sounds like you didn't like it. No, I actually I thought it was fairly fairly good. I have to mention that the I think the reason that this film is great isn't because of the not great, but is good is because of the story itself. It's because of the acting. There's actual story, like there's plot development. Your character isn't just a dumb character running around. Like the um, like I mentioned, Brooke Adams, like her lead role is really good she's an interesting character i also have to mention that a very very young kathy griffin is in this movie damn as, shout out as kathy like griffin. A, as like a yoga instructor and she has some cool scenes in this too uh wendy hammers is in this as like the best friend she's really good i just like I, everyone in this was really likable and did a good job bro this like the movie was directed by rodman flander do you know who that is ned flander's brother no, he's the director of one of the episodes from the OC. <laughs> Just kidding, though. He directed Idle Hands, like uh, one of my one of my personal favorites. Yeah. Like, I, I fucking love that movie. We he's covered that on here. He's directed a ton of shit. Like, so this was his first movie, and yeah, he directed Leprechaun Two, which is the movie that made me realize I would never survive a horror movie because <laughs> the Leprechaun tricks that guy into thinking that he's about to motorboat some boobs, but instead yeah. it's two fans. <laughs> it's two fan blades that chew up his face. Uh, classic cinema. Um, he directed some Dawson's Creek. Yeah, Rodman Flanders. Man, that's... I did not know that Rodman Flander directed that movie. That's wild. Yeah, I, uh, I th honestly, like, if, if you sound even a little least bit interested, I think you should check it out. The, the one thing that, that is kind of confusing for me, and this is just a small, like, technical thing, is for the most part it seems like it's a fairly like uh competent and has a decent budget to it 
but it has this weird daytime TV 90s lighting through the whole thing. And I think that's part of like him being in TV. It's it's the lighting seems very like TV ish. It's that. And when you don't have the money to do anything else, <laughs> like those are the crews that you get. Like, so yeah, no, it was yeah. just it, it's it, it's kind of weird is that a lot of it, the, the scenes where it involves like the actual horror stuff or when it's dark out great it looks good yeah it's just it's just very much like i think they just used a lot of natural daytime lighting and it just it it's very daytime tv off-putting in that aspect but it's such yeah. a small detail for sure all right well yeah i'm i'm gonna actually i'm gonna make a point at, to, to re-watching that especially maybe i'll put that on my 31 days of horror this year so i think go. this year i want to do 31 days of movies that i like haven't seen or movies that i have seen that i like can't even remember um one is coming up right now i'm gonna i'm gonna transfer into the darkest of my picks today the the ones that i watched um so this this movie that i'm about to talk about is the number one on the films list of films that i've lied about seeing to avoid conversation like you know whenever someone i think it's like aversion is what i'd call it for me you'll you're gonna understand what i mean when i start leaning off of this is that like this is my yeah 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 movie this is my movie where it's like someone starts talking to you about it. And you go, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And like, because that just I, I know exactly you, that feeling. Yeah, you just want to get wanna it over skirt with. past. Yeah. yeah, it's like, no, yeah, yeah, I've seen. Yeah, 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 I've seen that. I, I don't want to talk about it, though. But realistically, I had never seen this movie, but I had said that I had seen it to avoid having to have the conversation that I hadn't seen it before. And that film that I'm talking about is Gaspar Noe's Irreversible. <laughs> Do you, do you know about Irreversible Boozy? This is just so far not in your lane. So if I, I actually not, have it on my watch list, but no, I have not seen it. Boozy, you will hate this movie. Like, this is not is a Boozy surgery movie. stuff. No, it's it's the most extreme rape movie you will ever see in your life. And uh, there's a reason why I put this off for so long. But, you know, things have been going really well for me lately been feeling good you just wanted to railroad yourself a bit you ever do you ever get that feeling that where it's like "Mm, things are going a little too well i might want to pull out like a fucking like you know i pulled out like a brokeback mountain a couple years ago where i was like i'm feeling pretty good this week but i know this one's going to be devastating and then i watch it i'm like and i know it's going to be a phenomenal movie like i spoiler alert irreversible is fucking incredible and i recommend it to nobody (laughs) <laughs> it's like this is a movie that, I'm that like, was an experience I, for you and you alone you cannot no, it's, recommend it's this not for not people. even for me it's that you need to come to that conclusion on your own if you want to watch this movie it's one of those movies um basically yeah so it's directed by gasper in a way who uh i'll talk a little bit more about him in a little bit here but like seriously teabags forgive me for lying about saying that i've seen irreversible but it is one of those ones where I was just like, I just don't know if I need to see this. And I don't know if now is the time. Um, but it's now 20 years old. And I figured I was like, yeah, well, you know what? Things are going well. Let's throw on Irreversible. <laughs> yeah, the film is starring Vincent Cassell, who's incredible in everything he does. But most notably for me, he is in like he's the a deranged fucking um, instructor in Black Swan. He's phenomenal in Eastern Promises. He's just always a dirtbag. And then there's Monica Bellucci, who you watch have to suffer. This is the movie that has an eight-minute rape scene. That's a 
that's an extended cut right i'm telling you right now that eight minutes feels like five fucking hours like Mm -hmm. there's a reason why this movie has had such a cultural impact on the people who have seen it and it's like really it's so fucking visceral and i would love to be able to say no fuck this this is like i'd love to be able to shit on it the way that i would like a serbian film where it's like that movie was literally made to shock me it's like irreversible as regardless of what anyone's going to say about it the the purpose of it existing is a lot greater than just for being a shock film but it also happens to be one of the most shocking things I've ever seen. And like, you know, actually to be fair, it wasn't shocking because I knew it was coming, mm. but the movie, I mean, either way, whether you knew it was coming or not, that's, that's such it, a hard, it's, it's nauseating. Visual. It's yeah. nauseating. And if you know anything about like, so I'm a fan of Gaspar Noé's films, like uh, particularly climax was one that really hit for me a couple of years ago. I really enjoyed climax. And by enjoyed, I mean, I liked suffering through climax. <laughs> Uh, I like those challenging watches. He made a movie this year that's going to be on my top 10 and it's going to be very fucking high on it. It's not a horror movie, but it's called Vortex. I think I talked about it on the last episode, but it's starring that Dario. Sounds familiar. Yeah, I think I talked about it on the one that Jason was on, but because it's not a horror movie, um, but it goes against the path of Gaspar Noé's signature. Like, I'm going to put you in a room full of all of the most despicable human beings you could possibly imagine. And I'm going to make you sit with them for two hours. Like right. that's kind of what climax is a little bit, and uh, and irreversible is really rough because you're faced with the absolute worst of the underbelly of society. But vortex is about you know dementia and a couple kind of going through the motions of this change in their lives and their late late stages of their lives, and it's starring Dario Argento, who's like you know a legendary director and. He's phenomenal in the movie. Vortex is my favorite film that Gaspar Noé has made. Hands down, full stop. But irreversible. It it starts out like the film is told in reverse chronological order. So it starts out with one character being carried carried out on a stretcher from a gay nightclub. Uh, The character's friend is being arrested. And everyone around them is talking about how these two characters are going to be brutally raped in prison. And we work our way backwards from there. So, yeah, it's a barrel of laughs. (laughs) This sounds a lot like the plot of Medea goes to jail. (laughs) (laughs) It's Ernest goes to prison. But it is. No, but the the movie it really is. It's 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 a heartbreaking story of masculinity, revenge, and like the the horrible nature of humans at their worst. That's what this movie really is. And um, the, I think the film is masterful, and it's it's truly mind blowing. And like I said, I recommend it to absolutely nobody because it's one of those things that you need to decide on your own if you want to go through this and. I, I don't think that it's necessary. I, I really don't think this is a necessary film for you to see. But if you're like me and you like finding those movies that can really, really dig something up in you. And even when you like, I knew this was going to be a shocking movie and it still twisted me. It still twisted my insides. And to me, that's that says a lot about like the filmmaking and like, you know, Gaspar Noé is he's generally known for his very flashy, you know, off kilter wild camera angles and like 
um, unreliable narrators. Like it, it, it's 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 a really twisted experience. But uh, it's a movie that I can confidently say punished the living ever fuck out of me, and I will never in a million years watch it again. And that's coming from a guy who falls asleep to requ- <laughs> I fall asleep to requiem for a dream. That movie does not phase me. I don't give a fuck if I like I. I will wake up and have a nice hearty breakfast and watch Blue Valentine. That movie crushes me, but Irreversible, I'm happy I've seen it the one time. I'm never going to watch it again. It was, uh, it's really, really, really harrowing, uh, but it's it's a tremendous movie, but fuck, I don't know. I I don't know why I did it, but I, I'm happy I did. So that's Irreversible. But you'll never do it again never again uh, i am this is like one of the rare cases where i'm actually confident in saying that i will never watch that movie again because i don't need to like i've experienced it and i i will be i'll be completely straight up here that like i think it's a fucking incredible movie like it's one of the it's such a rare experience where i'm like i give that movie a four and a half out of five or like the only reason that's not a five is because it fucking crushed me the entire time i was watching it which was the mm. point that was the purpose of the film um but like I, for me I, I understand why it lives up to films like sallow uh like 100 days of sodom and, and yeah no, see those are all movies that i will not touch i just that, i don't this is this is the yeah. very last thing I would recommend to you, Booty. <laughs> I just, it's I too know you real for me. It's, it's so real. And man, I'm telling you like as much as it's been 20 years and we've seen a lot of shit, but yeah. that, that eight minute scene hurt so much more than 99% of the things I've seen since, since this came out. Like, so it's that, that shows <laughs> a lot about the power and viscera that this movie holds. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I'm I'm sure there's lots of edge lords out there who'd be like, oh, it wasn't that bad. You uh, sound so devastated. Like your whole review is just like, man, I just went through <laughs> war is a fucked, hell of a man, thing. No, it fucked me up. Like we we had a we got a production meeting the day after, and I was like, I'm sorry if I seem out of it. I watched Irreversible last night. <laughs> I'm still fucked up from this. Like it's still bothering me. And it bothered me for a couple days. Uh, but honestly, it it wasn't. So the last thing I'll say about it, that that eight minute scene. Yeah, that's fucking horrible. But it was everything around it that made it so much worse for me. It's like, Mm -hmm. you know, the light, the life outside of trauma is. Oh, God, I'm I'm, uh, please, please. Let's talk about something you've watched. I can't do this. (laughs) All right. So the next thing I got is something actually from this year. A little something, something fresh. I saved the freshest minions rise of Gru. (laughs) And no, but <laughs> you're like at the twiddly thumbs. But I did watch somebody else watch it through their window of their house for like oh. five minutes. I oh was my, parked in the car. Okay? Is this? No, boy- I was parked in the car. I had nothing better to do. I was waiting and waiting. And and you watch someone watch a movie? That's voyeur shit, Boozy. Well, no, Norman I, I couldn't shit. see them. I just saw their screen. I assume that they're in the room. Maybe that's just me filling it in. But like I saw Gru and I saw the Mignons. This is a great plot for a horror film. <laughs> a guy who just wanted to watch his other people's movies through their window. Well, yeah, well, it's it's like rear window meets fucking like I don't even know like what it would be. But it, you're you're just trying to watch. Uh, it's my version of watching. But you end up accidentally, <laughs> yeah, it's like watcher, and you end up accidentally watching a crime being committed. <laughs> and I'm just gonna make the the watcher poster, but I'll put TV just right above it, 
It'll be TV did, watcher, did we, and then I'll did, be in the corner. Did we talk about that though? Like, I sorry, sidebar. Watcher, like, Watcher is one of my favorite horror movies. That was my favorite film we played at the festival. That yep. movie is so fucking good. That great movie. That hundred percent. That movie is incredible, yeah. and it's such a callback to like classic, it, like Giallo Hitchcock. style. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hitchcock that, and like, Giallo. Like that, like mysterious. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's I like think... if Dario Argento and Hitchcock made a movie, but they didn't suck as humans. <laughs> it's <laughs> if they were all good boys, exactly like us. Yeah, uh, so that's all we are here. We're good boys at the terror table. Sorry, exactly. So we're back on 2022 right now. I watched The Reef, stalked. Oh right, fuck me! I forgot. I saw. I I've seen this. I thought well. you'd seen that, so I was like, okay, I'll. We just... we talked about it, but did we talk about it here? Not here, but you and I, I, dude, I totally, okay. I totally forgot that I've seen this movie until, wow. Yeah, no, I watch it. It's on wow. Shutter as well now. Yeah. So I think I, I liked it more than you did, but I didn't even really like it. <laughs> I, I thought it was okay. I thought there was a couple cool scenes to it. Uh, they, they're obviously like the homage to Jaws scene. I, yes. Which and is I, you know what? And the other thing is like, People have done tried to do homages to Jaws and failed. There, it is possible you can you can reference something and do a shitty job at it. I think that was actually a very cool scene on their part. That was my favorite part of the movie. Hundred uh, percent. Are we talking? Are we talking about the the board? Yeah, where they had the, yes. he takes the board. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that they used a lot of just what was around. I love that the island vibe of it. Of they were stuck there, and and they gave reasons as to why they were stuck. I thought that was totally fine you it's a good way to have your characters uh you know have a conundrum to go through because mm-hmm. what would a what would a whole movie be if a shark movie be if everybody just got onto the beach and just stayed on the beach and then well, help that, came? That's, that's why these movies are so fucking flawed like they're so hard to do well is because you got to find a reason to get them out there and you know mm-hmm. so we've seen two shark films oh, sorry we've seen three shark films this year um shark bait being the uh, uh, the other one that we we enjoyed mm-hmm. but like, i honestly i think i like stocked more, like the reef stocked more than shark bait but only for the reasons that like the shark attacks hit for me a little bit better right i realized well, used that, more real shark scenes yeah and i don't i thought like of course there's always going to be like some shoddy vfx when Mm -hmm. you're doing a shark movie like that's something that you and i we go into movies knowing that that's what we're going to get and we're not going to bitch about it because we know that we want these movies to be made and unfortunately there aren't a lot of people out there like us who want this so they're always going to be lower budget exactly we we have to be forgiving our days of deep blue sea budgets over (laughs) exactly long gone exactly they gone they gone but but but, i mean i think that what's important like you'd mentioned about the the vfx for this is yeah like there's some good shit in this movie yeah credit to them that they have actual shark footage for a lot of this that doesn't feel like it stands like like it doesn't fit in there's a couple scenes when it goes full vfx where it's it's a little shoddy but like i think overall they they balance themselves out enough for me to enjoy it Exactly. Um, and and just because you've mentioned shark bait which i have slowly come to realize i liked more and more i mm-hmm. i liked a lot of the smaller scenes in that and some of the interactions i think the ending throws the whole thing off but other than that i thought it was pretty solid we're not going to um, be too picky we can't be no, too picky in that so uh, like shark bait is an above average straight to video slasher film 
totally. And, but I and feel like the reef be... stocked is as well. Like I feel like I've seen. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I just I think that anytime we can get more shark movies is a bonus, unless it's like those like. You know, and I'm sure there, there's I'm, a niche no, audience I, for it, but like sand shark, yeah, or no, like ghost see, I'm, I'm, shark thing. We're we're on the exact same page, boozy. Like I, I can have fun with the Santa Jaws, but that's but not how what, much exactly like, that I, I well runs out if you just go like, well, now it's a thing that's in Egypt. Like the whole uh, shark, yeah, the shark thing, fucking Sharknado, like that shit. It's like that joke is over within and 10 gives, minutes of it watching gives shark movie. movies a bad name because if, if you tell somebody you love shark movies they're gonna be like oh sh- like sharknado and it's like no it's like one of it's one of the many it's one of the billion reasons why jaws is the greatest movie ever made is that jaws does not have the right to be as good as it is given its mm-hmm. plot and we have seen it try to be replicated thousands of times and you and i will be will be we're masochists. We will watch all of it. We'll watch anything you give us with sharks, but it will never be Jaws or even Jaws 2, uh, which is a great film as well. A hundred percent. That is a fantastic slasher follow up. When it when it comes to being a fan of shark movies in 2022, you you have to just be that person who's like, I want a couple fun scenes and I want to see a cool shark do some cool shark things. Mm-hmm. And that happens in both shark bait and the film you're talking about, the reef stocked. Uh, I also, I, I still do like the reef, the original reef. I like that mm-hmm. one more, but it is one that's like, it's, it's re watches are detrimental. Like right. you can't rewatch a movie like that. It's like open water where it's like, it's not an exciting movie. It's an experience that you have to just go through once and then leave it there. But the problem with people like us is we're mentally ill and we we want to watch them over and over and over and over again. And it's like, oh, of course, these aren't fucking tremendous films, but they're still fun for us. But I don't know. Yeah, I I did not hate the reef stocked at all. You know what? And I I think that that's just another of the these. I hated the editing, though. Wow. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? But they 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 wrote a whole like serial killer aesthetic into this movie, mm-hmm. and it's like every time that this woman, it's like just the constant quick cuts, which is funny because I'm like huge fan of like Psycho, which is known for being like seventies who cuts in that fucking shower scene. But it's just there's something about when it's like I need to watch like it's like that saw level of cuts. You know what right, I'm talking about? Right. Where someone's like you got your head in the bear trap, and there's like. That, that camera that was that was 2000s cut. MTV video yeah. vibes. So that's the type of editing. It just doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't work. And that there's a lot of that in uh, the reef stocked. I just I, I just have to say that this is a very stylistic film in terms of there's a lot of films that specifically come out out of Australia that have the same look to it where it feels very like DIY yeah. and doesn't have like my extra, shit. Yeah. And it doesn't have those. Love extra it. I think it's just, it's kind of funny that you see so many of these come out because of course, Australia has, they have every killer thing there, yeah. there, you know, there's croc movies that are filmed in this exact same way and look, and look this, this style. And it's so funny that you can see these films and go like, Oh yeah, that's an Australian film before you even yeah. hear anybody talk. <laughs> Said it before I say it again. Australian films are like some of my favorites that have been made like uh yeah and I know you're not a fan of it but like the one that comes to mind right off the top of my head is Hounds of Love 
And it's like that's that's a serial killer. It's not that I'm not a fan of it. It's, it's just very it's a rough graphic. Watch. Yeah, yeah, it's a rough it's... watch. Yeah, it's very rough. Like Snowtown murders. Yeah, no. Okay, I hear you there. Um, I'm gonna cut my sh- I'm gonna cut my list down a little short here. I'm gonna end off with, uh, and I'll save a couple more because uh, I'm having the best time ever. But I also know that one of us has to edit this, and yeah. people have to listen to it. So uh, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna do one more, and then I think you should do one more, and then we should get on. I'm, to I'm out. This is my, oh, you're that out? Was my yeah. yeah. Okay. I so I have two more that I'll drag to the next episode, but I want to end off with my favorite first time watch of the year which is always exciting when you find something older that you hadn't seen before that you fucking this is my shit when find something older it's beautiful it's a beautiful thing i would be surprised if you didn't love this movie um so i i don't know like yeah boozy you should put this on your list but it's a film that's on shutter it's a film that our boys john allison and jeff drake uh programmed for the saskatoon fantastic film festival last year and it is a film called clear cut clear cut which is not seen clear cut yes so um it's a part of the the fucking there's a there's a full core box set called uh what the hell is it called here uh do you know there's three films called clear cut yeah it's it's all one word it's all one all our haunts brs is uh the blu-ray box set that came out that also features eyes of fire which is another one i was going to talk about but i'll save that for next time um but clear cut yeah like our boy john Nelson and jeff drake they programmed this eyes of fire and woodlands dark and days bewitched at last year's saskatoon fantastic film festival spoiler alert i also know that we're not supposed to talk about this but next year's this year's Saskatoon Fantastic Film Festival is going to be incredible. Got some pretty yep. amazing. There's been some really good entries this year. Not supposed to talk about it. And I'm sure John's going to be. I, I don't know why he wouldn't be pissed about this, but there's some good shit that's coming this year. Um, but the IMDb synopsis of Clearcut is a white lawyer finds his value shaken when he is paired with an angry indigenous activist who insists on kidnapping the head of a logging company to teach him the price of destruction. So this movie is a little that sounds amazing it's so fucking good like this was a movie that i watched when i couldn't sleep at 1 a.m and i put it on being like i'll start this and i'll finish it tomorrow and i stayed up i didn't stay up till 2 30 when it ended i stayed up till four because it fired me up (laughs) i i really just you're reared up oh man i loved it uh but yeah this this movie it's a little bit deliverance a little bit ravenous but not for the reasons that you might think um and oddly enough, I'm certain that I have to be the only person to make this correlation is it's a little bit big trouble in little China <laughs> because the character, what? the character, and I, I'm not, I'm not meaning to make jokes about because the movie is heavy in a certain way. And it's, it's very socially conscious and conscious and it's, it has some fucking pretty heavy things to say, but I'm what I mean by that is that this movie is led by legendary Canadian indigenous actor Graham Greene, who has this fucking absolutely bonkers performance that has all these badass, somewhat twisted, but always entertaining lines of dialogue. This movie is one of those movies that, like, you know how boozy you're one of those people that likes to post an image of a film and then put a quote underneath it on your Instagram. Yep. You could do that 400 times with clear cut. Like there are lines that this man says where I'm like, 
holy shit if that isn't one of the most badass fucking badass but most twisted things i've heard i think i just i just love one-liners and i think you can synopsize yeah. something cool from a film just if it in bleeds we can kill it exactly like, yeah like no but like clear man clear cut it's it's without a doubt my favorite discovery of the year it's one that like i didn't get to see this one hey, what year did it come out 1991 the year that or it was a year before baby boozy came out of the womb true good a good year but yeah no that, that like the movie it's it's really really fun it's really i i wouldn't say that it's it's scary in the sense that it's real like it feels a lot of this movie feels real and it was filmed entirely in ontario i believe so it's a it's a very canadian feeling film but if you're a fan of those like you know, someone kidnapping someone in the middle of the fucking woods. That's what clear cut is. But the kidnapper is like kind of convincing the kidnappy, hey, you deserve to be kidnapped. You deserve to be here. It's brilliant. Gaslighting them. It's yes. Yeah, but it, it, he would be gaslighting him if he wasn't entirely right. <laughs> the film is so, so fucking socially powerful and uh graham green it delivers one of my favorite performances of the year and it's from 1991 so i i can't recommend this movie enough if you're a fan of those types of you're like gushing on this oh, yeah, I'd I, have love, to check it. It out. I love it man it's on shutter it's on shutter but uh yeah it's great i really really loved clear cut and it's one that i'm going to be using as like i'm gonna I, it influenced me heavy it was like obviously i'm a white man I'm not going to be stealing other people's stories, but it's hey. the way that they told the story and the gravitas that they put behind it. I just, I loved it. I thought it was fucking so good. Uh, so that's clear cut. Like hey. my penis. <laughs> Ditto. Um, <laughs> I just want to say that is, I don't know why, but when you, you said it was made in Ontario, my brain instantly went to the Marine land song. Oh man! See, when you said Ontario, I thought about uh, Drake being in a wheelchair because <laughs> uh, wh six. wheels, wheels, Ontario from the Crawl Show, Do you... the Nick Nick Crawl Show, where he's wheels Ontario and he's he plays Drake, <laughs> but he's just in a wheelchair. <laughs> so good. Okay, if that does not, I hope that implants in someone's brain because that song was off the chain when you were a kid. Everyone loves Marine Land, which they don't. That's a fucking lie. No, Marine Land is a terrible place. That's a lie. Yeah. But the jingle. We, we've seen Blackfish. Yeah. We, but the jingle was incredible. Yeah. We don't we don't fuck with uh, aquariums. Even, yeah. But we kind of do. Yeah, they're kind of cool, though. <laughs> we, we would swim with some sharky boys, some finny boys. You know, maybe a little bit. Wow. As much, okay, so Boozy, last thing before we get on to pray. What? Would, you, would you cage dive with great white sharks? Oh, 100%. I'm planning to. Me too. Yeah, I, I would love that. That's my first thing is I, I want to get my scuba and then I'm going to do like that's before I die. It's bucket list. 100%. If we can't scuba, what are we doing here? Exactly. In the words of Creed Branton. <laughs> um, In the words of Creed, the band. Yeah. <laughs> no, man, I'm I'm that guy who's like, you know, Jaws, my favorite. Like, of course, I'm scared of great white sharks, but I'm not it's scared of them. In the way ultimate that... fear. See, facing my ultimate fear would be going into like a snake cage, which I have zero, zero fucking desire to do. Right. And that would be like a good time for me, on the other hand. Exactly. I fucking hate slithery boys. But sharks. I love I love slimy muscles. Mm. It, okay. We got to get out to prey because there's even like slimy muscles in, in prey. And I was like, ugh, yuck. 
Not, okay, not yeah, me, we got to talk about Prey. All right. Well, thank you all for listening so far. We will be back after this brief break, and then we're going to be talking about Prey. Dan Trachtenberg's tra- Trachtenberg's Tractorborg. Tractorborg's Prey. <laughs> See you on the other side. Why do you want to hunt? Because you all think that I can't. I saw a sign in the sky. I'm ready. Maui, Nita. something out there. I'm coming with you. You can't. I'm trying to protect you. Protect me from what? It's time. It knows how to hunt. I know how to survive. Welcome to our main feature presentation where we're going to be talking about Dan Trackenberg's Prey. So this is the director who brought us 10 Cloverfield Lane, which I I believe Boozy liked. Like you you enjoyed it for sure. You're a big Cloverfield fan, but like yeah, totally. I'm the guy, I'm the guy who was like, I walked out of that theater, I was like, holy fuck, that's one of my favorite movies of the year. Like I I love 10 Cloverfield Lane. This guy's got chops. I've uh, been really anxious to see what he does next. And I'm one of the like 10 people on the planet who enjoyed the last Predator movie. Uh, so I did the... not realize this until Prey came out. That, that everyone hates it? That everyone hates, yeah. Yeah, they're dumb. Like you just, it, the, the problem it is- It was too you fun for them. You can't, you can't fix brain damage. Like brain damage, like once the damage has been done, you're just, you're simply just not smart enough for Shane Black's Predator. <laughs> I'm going to say that quick before we get started here is that the only the predator from 2018 phenomenal film great film love that movie everyone was acting like it was so fucking stupid so dumb and so bad it's like you motherfuckers this was made by a guy who only makes those kinds of movies it was meant to be dumb fun and it's like oh, I love that movie but let's talk about prey. I don't think Shut people up, wanted I don't think people wanted that fun at that point. Too dumb. Yeah, you can't fix you can't <laughs> fix dumbness. All right. So uh okay, this should synopsis... not be podcasting. Of course you should be. Why would you say that? 
I sound like such an asshole, but I'm joking. Like I'm joking, but I'm joking. Also, I'm joking, but like I'm not. You're fucking stupid if you don't like the Predator from 2018. I mean, I don't know if I can back all of that, but let's just let's just say that I'm gonna read the plot for okay. Prey. Let's talk about Prey. <laughs> okay, so the plot is a skilled Comanche warrior protects her tribe from a highly evolved alien predator that hunts humans for sport, fighting against wilderness, dangerous colonizers, and this mysterious creature to keep her people safe. Yes. So at face value, when we heard about what this was going to be, Mitch. That it was this like period piece. I I was so excited for it. Yes, sir. Feel, yes, sir. I feel like that's a great way to have the Predator uh, installed into Earth, I guess, because there's so many other mentions of Predator coming to Earth yeah. throughout the years. So to actually we, see one of its uh we've seen the futuristic side. We've seen yeah, we've seen the side, we've seen so many angles to the predator, but this is such a natural progression for where we should be actually seeing this character and seeing this this species. Um, but that's the thing, like there's so many beautiful, wonderful things that have come out of us doing this podcast for so long. Mm-hmm. But one of the biggest ones that I've noticed, and I noticed that while watching Prey is that I've noticed that I've greatly underestimated my love for Predator because yeah. I've always been, I've because, and you and I are the same in this, is that we're both huge Alien fans. And obviously the two franchises have become synonymous because of films like Alien vs. Predator, Alien vs. Predator Requiem. And I mean, um, going back even to all the comics. Oh, the, the, 80s, com- the comics, like, man, the books. Like I read, extended no- I, lore, read yeah. I read novels about like predators and aliens and they, yeah. them being the same universe. And, and the it's video one of those games, too. Even. Exactly. It's, it's one of those things that. So for me, like, of course, to me, like, there's no way you could ever beat a xenomorph. Like, it's the unbeatable mm-hmm. character. Like, there's nothing that you could do to defeat a xenomorph like even predators like they could they could blow them up and their venomous fucking blood is still gonna destroy a predator it's like there's no way to beat that character it's the perfect defense mechanism it's the perfect organism it is the perfect organism <laughs> i am so i'm ashamed to have put it on that pedestal to have to compete with it without being able to just take a step back and look at it for what it is and it's this amazing character and this amazing story that's been built like I grew up watching Predator and Predator 2 and I love both those movies still till this day. I will say those are my still my two favorite movies out of this whole franchise is the original Predator and Predator 2. But I will I love, say I love that. Like I always think that Predator 2 needs more respect. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. But here's the, now let, let's get this out of the way though. Prey, the film we're about to talk about is better than Predator 2, without a doubt. Like It's without a doubt a better film, but I will always have that nostalgia in me for loving Predator. Right. Like when, when it comes time two years from now when I'm like, you want to watch a Predator movie? What are you going to put on? I guarantee you I will put on Predator 2 over Prey, mm-hmm. but Prey is without a doubt a better movie than Predator 2. It might be a better movie than Predator 1. This movie is fucking incredible. Like... We, it, it, it is incredible. It's like it's, listening to a song, and as you're listening to it, it's doing everything right. Oh man, I've been so excited about that. Like, it's been so long since we've done a podcast where it's like 
something like, like this is what the show was built off of was like yeah an- anticipating something new like this and, and analyzing these franchises as they carry on from things that we grew up with like, which like to piggyback of what you're saying like yeah i grew up on predator one and two i was watching those on vhs all the time yeah and like predator two is a really sleazy fucking movie in a so like sleazy i have no idea what exactly was influencing it at the time to be like this gang related like <laughs> drug voodoo new york that's why it's so good though that's why it's, it's so good it's nonsensical the... but it's so cool in that aspect yeah no man it's it's so good and like when when they released the trailer for this i was like of course like notoriously even even the bad predator movies i love like i'm not gonna lie to you the only movie in this entire franchise that has anything related to predator that i don't love is requiem like the alien vs predator 2 and, and I the still only love reason for that the only reason i don't is because i haven't seen it it's so dark like it's so that it was filmed so fucking black that you can't see anything um maybe i need to revisit again i own the blu-ray i'll, I'll give it turn another the screen watch. brightness up Ma- yeah <laughs> i'll turn the screen i'll turn it on to vivid mode and maybe your, maybe i'll put your predator vision on while you're watching it see that's what i'm thinking about too and that's like predator is another one of those things where in the current climate that we're in the world of memes predator memes are fucking incredible like seeing what the predator sees when i'm running away and you see like all those like ankle uh, pain <laughs> yeah the ankle like the aleve commercials yeah <laughs> what's so that good. one where it was that that like dummy and they kept putting pins in them oh man i could back to set you're at robacks that's the one that's, that's the a one. deep cut yeah but man pray okay so i've watched it twice now this movie's so fucking good like it's so much fun it, like it's just so badass like there's something so what i noticed about this like <laughs> franchise is that like i will never not stand up and cheer when seeing a predator rip someone's head off and pull their spine out like there's like the masculine urge to watch a predator rip someone's spine <laughs> out <laughs> it's fucking huge there's something about the predator movies that just bring out the most carnal of masculine energy in me and it's like it's so much fun it's so much fun Uh, that's because yeah like predators predators are sigma grind set (laughs) chat ultimo chads (laughs) they really are they really are but like i don't know that like obviously like i said this movie's so much better than predator 2 but like I, I love Predator because of Predator Two because of nostalgia's sake. But like Prey, it's it's visually gorgeous. There's stunning locations. Like this film was entirely filmed in Calgary, Alberta, which is five yeah, hours away actually, from where you are right now. Tyler, my roommate, was camping out by where they filmed. It was in K Country, I believe, by like Kananaskis there. Yeah, that's amazing, man. And like there, there's a and and it's oof. beautiful oh yeah and I, i've seen a lot of reviews too. be like it's like the revenant meets predator and it's like well the revenant was filmed where this was filmed so it's like that makes entire sense um but also please 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 forgive me if i if i uh don't pronounce names correctly here but i know that there is uh, a, a grade nine teacher in oskayak like at the oskayak yes. high school in saskatchewan who plays curtis P- or his his real name is Curtis Pilon Vanish, and he played the role of the Comanche singer. Like he mm-hmm. gets wrecked in this movie. And there's 
that's so cool to me is that this movie has so many Saskatchewan ties to it. And also the the lead actress who is incredible, Amber, Amber Midthunder. She's wearing like jewelry that was made in Saskatchewan throughout the film. And that's something there's something so special about like where we come from, where we grow up is mm-hmm. that these types of stories and the, like this, this demographic is so fucking important. And this, and this representation in films it's, it's with, so, with it's, strong characters. It's so important. And it's like, the thing is, it's so not just tacked on. Like this just is not like, this is the most logical place to put a predator film. And it's like the, the best one. We, we know this. Here's debatably prey might be the best predator movie. I, I have to. Yeah. Like when the way you're saying that, like, I agree. It is the most, uh, how do I even, it's the most perfectly paced, uh, the, the story for what it is. It, it just, it's paced perfectly. It knows what to do at each location. It gives your character, it makes your character relevant in every way where your character does seem in trouble at times. And you not, it gives you that actual like fear for them as opposed to being these like stand-up characters like cardboard cutouts that yeah. we really don't care about the predator and, and its adversaries thrive in this environment that we're put into like and, this is the I, perfect fucking environment for this story and it's such a futuristic story too and, yeah and and i love the the whole concept of like this predator makes mistakes this is oh, yeah you know what i mean like it's and it's a much more primal uh, predator like this this rabid beast like it still has future technology but it's not good with it yet it's very primitive yeah. still like, figuring like, it out exactly like this it is has a these dudes with machine guns and a hundred and well i mean there's some fellers with some muskets but uh, the way that they introduce those fellers either, suck they do but the way that they introduce these colonizers and like what happens to them and how you fill in information with the story maybe it, the best part oh, of the movie like but i've watched how many like perfect. i've watched it twice now like this movie is so fucking good it it's, is it's and it's not just because it's new we're not just excited no. because it's new and shiny you watch it and it's it's so perfectly competent and it pays off in every way and i don't know i i don't want to like um I don't want to spoil anything because there's so many cool things in this that like I hope nobody hears until they watch it. And yeah. even if you're not a huge fan of Predator, it's like even it, you know cuz a lot of people aren't huge fan. A lot of a, a lot of them are in the same boat that we are or maybe uh you Because Alien versus Predator put us in that place. Yeah, they put exactly. us in that place We're... where we need to decide which one we actually are fighting for. But in reality And there's no way Predator beats Alien in like No, ever. because alien once again is the perfect organism but predator is like this movie made it more relevant than ever that it really is the the best possible thing to face a xenomorph like there is no other creature in the universe that could compare to a xenomorph except for the predator this is the predator predator at its most basic functions mm-hmm. and it's so fucking badass even, even down to the like the skull mask the, very the skull mask man it's it's just the 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 tactics that these things have is so much fun to watch but like mm-hmm. this movie i think it, it it really i don't want to say it because i i I'm, i worry about being that guy who's just hyperbolic 
but this might be the best one because of how they treat the character and the 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 surrounding humans how they they interact in the, for the first time they're they're not so far out of each other's league but they're still pretty fucking far out of each other's league but that's the whole purpose of what the film is like it has mm-hmm. so much so much of a commentary on what these what the comanches do and how how they fight and how they take care of themselves and how they survive and how they build their lives and that's like what the predator is and i know that i'm like that white guy right now who's doing mm-hmm. that like meme of the <laughs> you're tapping. thinking yeah uh, <laughs> thinking thinking like if you think about it but it, it it's pretty spilled out for you here like what what the commentary is that they're trying to put across mm-hmm. but the movie is just it's it's beautiful it's so fucking intense like one of my favorite things about it is the characters the comanches who are just fucking screaming like screaming high-pitched noises running towards the predator and just getting fucking wrecked <laughs> So I, I love that the yeah it seems like for a lot of the film the predator's kind of toying with them mm-hmm. like he doesn't have that many challenges there are a couple times i have to say what an amazing scene watching a bear beat the shit out of a predator boy and, oh boy and it looked realistic it, they 100 got what a bear attack looks like down to the shaking it and everything i kiss my oh. fucking ass you fucking morons who are shitting on the visual effects of this movie you have not seen bad visual effects <laughs> like they, they then the movie's so ambitious that it puts so many different it, it puts you in so many different scenarios that i'm like sure 10 years from now 20 years from now we're gonna see way better versions of this but for where we are at in techno- I for technology i didn't think any of it looked that bad i don't know why people beautiful. are complaining it's, about it's, it to me it doesn't even it does not even look bad it looks fucking stunning like mm-hmm. I think that it looks so good, and even down to like uh, the character, like um, the character throwing her fucking like t- her uh, her axe towards the trees mm-hmm. and everything. It's just it's so fast paced. It's so much like fun. It's so it everything hits really hard, and uh, I feel I like they, the... these are the perfect these are the perfect uh, adversaries for a predator, and for, it, yeah, for a primitive predator, yeah. Um, I just like I think the reason that this stands out overall is not only because the predator is so much more badass in this. They're very creative with their kills. I don't feel like any of them were lazy. I think that they kept it fresh for a lot of this and kind of in an interesting way. They gave respect to each thing that got killed. It wasn't just like the predator destroyed everything like each thing had a little bit of defense or attack for him. Yeah. And I kind of appreciated that, that because it wasn't boring. And but the interesting part is all the stuff that your character goes through mirrored with all the things the predator is going through because the predator starts very small with what he kills and, and gradually picks up and up. And your character faces all these challenges and trying to overcome them and become like a respected hunter. The movie's and intense before the predator gets involved. Exactly. Like yeah. it, it's so good at, at giving your character things to do constantly. There's yeah. always like a, a circumstance to overcome. And a lot of them come back later. Like there's references to things. And I think that's a perfect way is that as these things are happening, you're having those like eureka moments along with the movie. And that's what you want when you're watching a movie. You want to feel the same thing the character's feeling. 
like that's just a sign of a good film and and you can feel in this that you're like your character grows and grows and doesn't feel overpowered in any way they're they're very creative but i don't feel like either the give and take for it was too much i also love the idea that this predator still followed the rules of like it it's sport you yeah. know when when someone was disarmed it was disinterested and that's that's a very classic you know to, like it it gives more lore to the predator and i did kind of when you were mentioning about like people not liking the effects on stuff i did see people talking about not liking how the actual predator is designed it's got a little bit more of like a, a droopier oh, face morons yeah i thought it was very cool it's I, so I'm, cool it, it, it's it's evolution baby it's like yeah it's like that song song, evolution baby yeah exactly we're 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 not at that point yet like to me like you won't find someone who loves the predator like the predator makeup and like the whole genetics of the character the way that i do even in alien vs predator requiem like i love how that character looks that's one of the many reasons why i love shane black's the predator is that you just see that character you see those creatures so fucking up close and personal and I love that, like, it's still, I marvel at the effects that they're able to pull off with the makeup and, like, mm-hmm. the suits. And I like that these characters are, they're not yet evolved. Like, this is a completely different era than a different century than what we're used to. We're so used to the Predator being so futuristic. And I love seeing it taken back to its most carnal, like, points. Mm-hmm. And, and it, like, People learning being along able to, with people being able to actually like stand a chance at fighting them with bows and arrows. Like that's amazing Mm -hmm. to me. Like that's one of the best things about the movie is that like these, they don't have fucking machine guns. It's so fucking fast paced. And it's like, there's not one point where a character is not doing everything they can to survive and still being faced with the blunt force trauma of, Hey, you're still going up against a predator right now though. Like a lethal killing machine from another planet. And uh, I, I love watching I love watching the characters try to figure it out, try to figure out how they're going to do it. Also, like that dog, one of my favorite actors. That of dog. The year. I want to put that dog. That dog. Hello, <laughs> good boy. It's a um, good boy. I just have to say that I was always worried for the dog. That was a big part of this film. Me too. And I knew that they weren't going to do us dirty. No, I mean, you could just feel could... it from the heart. From the moment the movie opened, I knew I wasn't about to watch a dog die. And I appreciate the fuck out of that. I really appreciate that. Um, I also, I just want to say, I don't know how much of a spoiler this is, but seeing the Predator do kind of reverse of the Arnold where it's coming out of the mud, such a cool oh, homage. Oh, man. Holy shit. I forgot about that for a second. That's such an amazing homage. And and I guess that's not a spoiler, because but it's like that was such a cool scene. And then the such other one. Such a tense I, scene. I, I think that this movie sprinkles in the lightest amount of humor. And that's kind of the, the problem I have with it is that it's a shame this is not going to be seen in theaters. There is some genuinely funny scenes in this that I feel like would have went over with the crowd so well. Yeah. Like, especially there's a scene with uh, guys using muskets and having to reload. It, it would have everyone would have been laughing this movie was built for the big screen and it is an absolute yeah, it's shame. A disservice to it, it it's an absolute shame that we had to see it the way that we did um that being said i'm lucky i'm the lucky proud owner of a 65 inch tv there with black go. blackout curtains where i'm able to like 
crank the sound and be able to see it for what it is. But that does not that it, there's no level of home theater that can compare to be in a theater full of people who are reacting to the film the way that it should be. Mm-hmm. It's it's it like I think a lot of people forget like when when coming to when talking about the theatrical experience, a lot of people do what I just did and say like, you know, I got a pretty good setup at home, so I feel like right. I I got the idea. It's like that's not the point though. It's the point of seeing it in the communal setting. Yeah. And even when I saw The Predator, like the movie that everybody hates, that theater was erupting at all of the parts that they were supposed to be erupting at. Like they were laughing. It was a good theater experience. 100%. Yeah. And it was like, I guarantee you there are a lot of people there that if they weren't in that theater that night, they w- if they would have watched that at home, yeah. they wouldn't have thought it was as funny as, the- as it was. And that's why I'm still defending that movie. <laughs> it's like, let, me, let me get it crystal fucking clear here. As much as I've made jokes over the years, I love that movie, but like that movie doesn't fucking compare to Prey. Mm-hmm. Like Prey as a film is and as a predator film it's it's as good as we could out possibly ask for this this was such a treat i don't know how you've been feeling about this year but i feel like this year has been fucking insane for movies like i've been so inspired and loving what i've seen but the fact that a predator movie like this a straight to fucking streaming predator movie is one of the best movies i've seen this year is insane yeah. it's I, fucking nuts i 100% agree i i whoever decided all the way from the bottom to the top that they were like this is the story we're going with we're not going with something over the top we're not going with something ridiculous we're taking it to this this cool original concept for it yeah and it's it was the best like i honestly think like this is it 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 is tied with predator for being like the best of the franchise this is it's it's incredible and we are really a franchise that isn't bad either like that's the thing is like there's a lot of franchises that have sequels where you're like yeah the the, the first one's good but the rest are kind of shoddy it's like as much as people want to shit on it like predator 2 is still a super fucking good movie like it's it's wild it's wild Mm -hmm. but it's it's a fun movie and like i i don't this is like the most serious take of this yeah it's it's so good so good man so i have to ask do you think this opens the door for us to get alien 5 i think we're gonna get alien 5 whether we want it or not but (laughs) but i mean when you look at something like this that if we got this gives me hope that we have another good alien movie in us that's exactly like something original that's terrifying and i think that you can take so much inspiration from those anniversary short films that came out a couple years ago um oh yeah the those were all fantastic and yeah. like there was I'm that still one the with guy, the... like, as much as i don't love i don't love all of neil blumkamp's stuff but i'm mm-hmm. still interested in seeing his ver- version of alien also yeah. i notoriously am the one you're the one who left the theater of covenant being like i actually like that and i was like what the fuck is wrong with you and i feel like now you and i have done a switcheroo like i like covenant like <laughs> I, I don't I, like, I don't hate Covenant and I think it is some of the most violent xenomorph shit you'll ever see. Fucking insane. Uh, there's a lot of dumb shit in it, but there's it's a just lot a little of little too biblical shit. for me. <laughs> yeah, and see, I love the biblical side of things, but that's what's so good about Predator is that it's all about just the carnal instincts of beings. That's what I love about Predator. That's what makes me so like when you try and make too much out of it, 
mm-hmm. that's an issue with predator it's all about just fucking dudes being dudes dudes doing dude stuff with other dudes exactly but like i don't know pre- like the, that's the thing is as much as i i want to agree with you that this that prey might be the best predator movie a predator is one of those movies that every time i watch it i like it more like i see more mm-hmm. in the schwarzenegger predator film every time i watch it so i, I feel like i need i need I'm, I'm anchoring like i'm really er- i i'm eager to watch it again after mm-hmm. this week it's got me excited to watch the predator franchise again which is a super underrated franchise like if the worst movie in the entire franchise is alien vs predator requiem that's that we can still do a lot worse fellas 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 <laughs> we've seen some fucking franchises go so much worse than alien vs predator requiem which is not a great movie but like if that's the worst one out of like a seven film franchise, that's pretty mm-hmm. fucking nuts. Thank you. Thank you, Fox, the Lords at Fox for Simpsons and Alien and Predator. <laughs> exactly. All right, man. Well, um, I feel like, is there anything else you want to talk about? I feel like that's where we should leave it off. We, yeah, we, I 100% agree. It's a great movie. Oh, I have a question for you before we go. Love here. questions. Uh, there's a bunch of strangers prequels gonna be made i i'm hearing can can you fill me in on this all i no no i i know exactly that's what you're gonna ask me i thought you were gonna be like what do you think of this like no i want to know oh i want to know i'm gonna be honest with you i haven't even clicked on the articles to read the full (laughs) i'm worried why are they doing this? you you love you love that last one yeah i don't want anything else from the franchise though oh no. man if uh, boozy and i mean i mean this with the utmost respect i honestly mean this with the utmost respect if you were okay with pray at night you should welcome these new sequels with open arms you know maybe i will turn my tune to a creed you're right i should be arms wide open i I think you I think man it's it's one of those things where once again that like I love that original I don't even hate I don't hate Pray at Night but to me it just doesn't compare to what that original was no I know Pray at Night is just an homage to 80s slashers and that's exactly. what I love about it and I think that that's probably the route they're gonna go but if Hollywood has taught me anything it's that I know nothing <laughs> it's that it does not matter what I want they're gonna figure it out and i'm just gonna have to take it or not but at the same time i will say closing thoughts about uh this this episode is like uh i don't know if it's because of the state of that i'm in in my life but i have been loving movies again in a way that i didn't in 2017 in 2018 even and I don't know if that's a me thing or if that's just that the quality of movies is jumping up again and that people are becoming more inspired. Because to me, Prey is an inspired idea. 100%. It's a really fucking good idea. It's a really well-executed movie. And I think you're fucking crazy to not love every inch of it. I, just, I, I, loved, I loved this movie. Loved it, man. So yeah, without a doubt, going to be in my top five. Yeah. Yeah, top five shit. Uh, easily. I can't see a lot of things bumping that anywhere. No, and that's that, but that's what stuff is like. I made a post about that on Instagram today where I was like, there are six months left, and I already have 20 favorite movies this year. <laughs> so that's very rare. That's, a, for that's me. a good conundrum to have. 
it's very good it's very good i welcome it i love it but uh but yeah no this was the man super fun episode incredible being able to just talk shit with my buddy again hell yeah and uh yeah i know you had fun i don't even need to say i hope you had fun i know you had fun i I hope everyone listening if anyone would still listen had fun as well (laughs) for sure well, we'll see it. We'll see on the we we can see the statistics of who listens. <laughs> I don't I don't want to look anymore. Just let it ride. <laughs> well, to be honest, we we did start this not giving a fuck about who listened, and then it turned out to be oh god, way more people are listening than we thought. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> but uh, no, uh, closing thoughts. Praise awesome. Movies are awesome. Boozy what? is awesome. Mitch is awesome. Life is awesome. Life is awesome. Um, Boozy, do you have anything you want to talk about before we close up shop here? Because I have one thing that I was going to mention earlier on, but we were talking for far too long that I decided I'm going to save some things for next episode. No, I have nothing. Okay. Uh, But when you hear this, it's still probably going to be about a month until you'll be able to hear the episode I'm talking about. It also hasn't happened at this point. Um, but I'm very lucky and fortunate to have been invited onto the Cobwebs podcast for oh sweet where they're going to be talking about all of the psycho films all out like oh, the, man and so every episode is a different is a different psycho film yeah. and I believe it's going to be hosted by Daniel and Chris but Daniel and Chris have invited me on to talk about the original. So I'm going to be kicking off the series and then Psycho oh, so 2. You got to be reading. That's why I've seen you posting about it. You're reading it's, up. It's not even reading up. It's like, this is always like, dude, look at my room. Look at what's above my bed. I know, but you've been going hard <laughs> on it. I have like well, the, what happened was, uh, first of all, I'm honored to have been invited to talk about like Alfred Hitchcock's original Psycho, which is a masterpiece. But it's like watching that and diving into that world again inspired me to watch the rest of the franchise again. And like, that's a franchise boozy that I think that you would really enjoy. Like, I kind of think it, I don't know if it's stepping on toes with uh, Daniel and Cobwebs, but I think it would be pretty fun if you and I were to do a psycho series because I'm very I want I want you to see psycho two, three and four because like. They are fucking wild. And that's the man. thing is like, I don't even, I didn't even realize there's a four. They're, oh man. They, they are like, that's the thing is like with the Psycho series, like, I'm so excited for Daniel and Chris to be doing this because like th- that series is so much better than it has any right to be. But it's mm-hmm. also like the sequel, like right from two, Psycho two, which I love is nothing like the original. So it's like, I should technically hate that as someone who loves Psycho as much as I do, but I love how fucking off the rails and campy it goes. And I'm really looking forward to that franchise, but uh, look forward to the Halloween season. I know Daniel's going to be banking these up, uh, but I'll be on that. I'm recording that this weekend that, uh, yeah. And I'm really excited to do that. That's awesome. I'll have to check that out. I I love Psycho. I, I need to watch Psycho three and four, but I want to listen after. No, you okay, but Boozy, legitimately, you will like Psycho two a lot. Like Psycho two is an awesome, an awesome eighties slasher film. But the fact that it's tied to Psycho is hilarious. <laughs> like it's so campy, man. Oh man, I I'm that's one I really want you to watch. I'd love to hear your thoughts on Psycho two. Psycho 2 is fucking nuts. I'll have to add that to my watch list immediately. You should. You should. It's great. 
Um, but all right. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you for sticking with us. If you yeah. have gotten this far, Boozy, anything else you want to say? Uh, it was nice to hang out and talk some bullshit. Exactly. I agree. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. And we will see you next time. I promise we will see you next time on the terror table. <laughs>